2: Support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze comes from Big Y, world class market serving New England families since 1936, with more than 30 locations throughout Connecticut. Big Y is proud to support WNPR. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Frank Zappa who said, You can't be a real country unless you have a beer and an airline. It helps if you have some kind of a football team or some nuclear weapons. But at the very least, you need a beer. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. What a show we have for you. Right. D- oh, yeah. Delicious Here we go. Fish recipes Ooh. from the people who know it best. <laughs> New England fish market staffers. Fun food facts. Easy summer pudding becomes creme brulee with Chris's $15 Home Depot blowtorch. You can do this. We're going to do it right on the show for you. Amazingly easy. We have a chill lime beer party idea and do these disappear sylvia ryan's three ingredient gluten-free banana pancakes a child can make them The Fish Market book. I can't wait to talk about that. My beloved food buddies are here, starting with the wildly talented senior producer who's been brilliant while I was away, Robin Doyen Aiken. And I'm with senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, and Mark Raymond.
3: Hey, so good to have you
2: back. Oh, Oh. we missed you, dearly. I missed you. I really did. I missed you all so much. Just not the same. Well, let me explain what this is. Some of our food shows have been pre-taped, and these folks right here have stepped up to the plate for us, for all of us, because for the past 10 weeks, I have been mostly in bed recovering from a nasty concussion, a sprained neck, a hurt back. I was on my way to, as these folks know, I was on my way to a reporting trip in Miami and headed to New York City. And on the merit The driver of my car, we were stopped in a line of traffic, as it is on the Merit, right around Sikorsky. And sure enough, somebody, I don't know what the situation was, just did not see 50 car taillights and just full speed rammed into us. And so I was taken by the ambulance to Bridgeport Hospital. And this amazing thing happened because when the crash occurred, a helicopter medic, evacuation medic, was jogging along the side of the Merritt, right around Sikorsky. She was at Sikorsky for training. She races over, opens my door, and says, Are you you okay? I'm going to stay with... No, I couldn't get... She said, I'm going to stay with you until the ambulance comes. Uh And she was was the nicest person. Like an angel. Does anybody know concussions? Chris knows. Chris has had a doozy, but whiplash is you know like traumatic whiplash is so unbelievable because and the neurologist explained the brain can't see it coming even if it's a fraction of a second it usually does things to prepare and if it can't see it and you're hit by surprise it's even worse so oh my goodness nightmares and so here's my thing now that I'm back And trying so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's my thing. I'm going to promise that I am going to volunteer to work with soldiers returning because they have PTSD, as I have had traumatic brain injury it's really a bear of a thing so i really want to work with them Uh because people really don't know very much about concussion so it would be great so i have missed you online i have missed (laughs) you folks robin chris alex mark anthony who's not here today so so much And you know what? My colleagues and the managers here at WNPR have been so incredible, and just all of your support. You folks doing the show, fantastic! There you go. And so, so you're, happy you're probably yeah. You
4: me too. Me too. Home. I know.
2: So <laughs> and I, you look I fabulous. I miss you so much. Thank you. Um, so you're wondering what does this have to do with chocolate?
4: Uh
5: huh. <laughs> did you find something out?
2: Oh while you were yes, outside? I did. <laughs> Okay, so if, if there's a study, you know, I, don't you just love these studies? I mm-hmm. The minute I see when I burst out laughing. So <laughs> there is, seriously, there is a study. And if you frequently eat milk or dark chocolate, I haven't think dark is better for your health, but if you eat milk or dark chocolate a lot, there is research which shows that these frequent chocolate eaters score higher on memory tests, and organization tests <laughs> mm, and reasoning wow. compared to a control group of people who oh, do goodness. not eat chocolate. I'm really disorganized, so maybe I just need
5: more chocolate. That's what you need. Okay, with I'm your, I'm going to try it. I'm going to eat chocolate for a week. And I have see if a square helps. at
2: breakfast every breakfast. <laughs> and you're
5: very organized. Maybe <laughs> that is it. <laughs> I,
2: I used to be organized. Okay, can we do summer party ideas? Oh, yeah. I, I like I'm to ready. think about you know those paper lanterns and yep. lights and things like that. Yeah. I think that is really mm-hmm. fun. I put twinkling lights everywhere. Light bulbs
6: string. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Going tree. Do you do that? In, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay,
2: so here's an idea I talked to you about, and this is from, we do our food cruise, and by that I mean we go online, we go through every food publication we can find, and we want to give our very talented colleagues credit every time for coming up with things. This time, hats off to the, uh, Food Network magazine, because it was their idea to do, you know the Mexican beer that has lime in it? Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. there So you could do Corona or, yeah, with a slice sure, of lime, slice lime. lime. Right, yeah. Their idea is to serve mugs of beer, and then you put a lime popsicle half. Oh. Stick it in the beer as you serve it.
6: That's wow. Excellent idea.
3: Isn't that, that
6: is an excellent is there, idea. is there tequila in the popsicle? Could be. Wow. Could be. Wow. It's I a, love that idea, and it keeps your beer cold. Yeah, <laughs> so it's better. Do you eat the popsicle? Or do you drink the beer? Well, you every once in a while, side. you got to take yeah. a nibble of the popsicle. You got it. You do both. You do I mean, you have one to one pull things, it
4: out. Yeah, yeah. is not that the best?
6: <laughs> I love it. I, I just lie. am
2: crazy about it as I an idea. I can see
3: lime popsicles selling yeah. everywhere. All of a sudden. You know.
2: We're going to get to crème brûlée in just a second. We well, we were in the back room because Chris was using his home depot <laughs> blowtorch on these crème brûlée dishes. It, it was just amazing. It's so easy. It's ridiculous. We're going to get to it. But Don't get we too were close, Alex either. was took out his iPhone and we were doing a video of it. Yes. So we're going to have Put that, that on Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's that, but we were taking pictures with mm. our phones.
6: I think uh, I burnt my all the hairs off my hand holding the camera get that too camera close. A little close. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> but here's
2: Food Network again. I saw this mention in one of their magazines. They said that they noticed from surveys that people who took pictures of dishes that they enjoyed before they ate them loved the dish more. Huh. Really.
5: Hmm. it happens all the time now I see people when I'm out to dinner I see people in my restaurant everyone whips out their cameras when the food gets put down Matt will will kick me under the table for doing that? yeah
6: Really? My he's kid does it.
5: it to post on Yelp, especially if she likes looks a dish looks beautiful.
6: Yeah. she reviews everything. So, and he likes to eat his food really hot. So I'll spend five minutes <laughs> getting he's the right saying, light. Don't eat that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
5: <laughs> wait, bring in the bring in the <laughs> and li- I extra light. I, I
6: adjust the lighting in the kitchen, <laughs> <laughs>
3: and finally, he's like, "I'm eating. I'm done." <laughs> how, about, how about Wait a, all- a minute. We need to replate this. <laughs>
2: yeah. How about all of us when we go out to eat together? There's a lot of shifting of things mm-hmm. on the table. The <laughs> flowers get moved, the candle that the wait server has, has put up. on there. Everything, you I, know that. Clear and make room.
3: <laughs> Faith, we were out to lunch with the whole family. And, uh, you know, my son Daniel always asks to grab the phone. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, he's going to play a video game again. And lo and behold, he actually took a slow motion video of the waitress pouring the rosé into the glass. And there was a biker driving behind on a summer day. And we ended up posting this video on, like on our website oh for, God, for a while then because the it was absolutely amazing. I'll definitely put that up. You, you know guys that, have that to be see great it. On would our you? Facebook page. Absolutely. Can we, can we put it up? Absolutely. It's and amazing. And slow motion. It, and, and, and I'm thinking to myself,
5: why didn't I think yeah. of that? Well, first, let's admit you—you you don't even know how to get it, like me. Yeah, I didn't even know I, I had yeah, slow motion <laughs> on my I'm iPhone. Like, what?
2: <laughs> so, um, you know that Apple has this thing going where they run people's <laughs> videos. Oh, um, I didn't know. That. Yeah, no, I, didn't I think you better. should send it in to them absolutely. and say, "How old is yeah.
3: he? Oh, he, what's he, He's Eleven? He's going to be twelve. Yeah.
2: Oh my! You have to.
3: I absolutely do. It's such a great video. Boats in the background. <laughs> nice. Biker going couldn't by. could plan it right. I One you, of those I couldn't have planned it any better. Yeah.
2: Is he, is he happy with it? Did oh, he, he
3: was. And, and, you know, he doesn't expect to take any kind of credit for it. But when I finally posted you it did. on our website, I showed him and, you know, we it's so now, right? good. Such okay. good quality. It's up there. All right. Okay.
2: <laughs> and that's uh, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. And talk with us about anything. I can't wait to get back to you and talk with you there. You all know about Arethusa, the dairy Love bar it. in Litchfield County. Yep. Chris right. And Bistro Chris, now. Yeah, so yeah. now they've opened a shop in New Haven, right uh. downtown on Chapel Street, which is New Haven's main street. That's our studio is in New Haven, so we're so excited because they do great stuff. They have all kinds of flavors. They care very much about quality, and there are lines already. That's so awesome. congratulations to Arethusa Farm Dairy on Chapel Street. Mm. In New Haven for for being there.
6: They have the best chocolate milk.
2: Arethusa Farm Dairy. Really? Uh
6: (laughs) Really? Uh It's It's like (laughs) you want some chocolate milk. It's not part of my diet, but I love it. You know what?
2: Tonight, this show airs both, as you know, Thursdays and Saturdays. So for the Thursday crowd tonight, we will see you at the martini competition. Well, yeah. And guess what? The competitors are going to be so unbelievable. So there will be more than 30 bartenders and restaurants, and you vote on our tablets to pick the gold winner, Very the Fudge cool. Martini of the Year. Tons of publicity for the winners, gold, silver, bronze, mm-hmm. and we have some new categories. Awesome. Chris, can you tell us about this summer custard? It's really creme brulee. <laughs> And putting... I just tossed out an idea to him that I've yeah. been walking around with for a long time, and sure enough, he found a way to do it.
6: Oh, he nailed it.
2: Oh, my it. goodness. So we're going to get to that in one second.
6: Yeah, and I shot a video of him uh, torching it yep, the while creme I roulet. was doing So it. with all the smoke coming up and finishing <laughs> off with the salt, so...
2: All right, so Faith Middleton-Fuchman is on Facebook, and you can see how easy it is yeah. to do this at home. And wait, do yeah. you see how cheap it is to get the blowtorch? Oh, and he shows Most you guys have them right. in
5: their garage. The oh, yours boy. was, like, fancy. <laughs> I <laughs> bought a fancy one, but you can get the cheap one for – that was at Home Depot last night. They go all the way down to, like, $12. Yeah, it's just and the butane torch, right? Yeah, and then you need a bottle of butane. That's a couple of bucks.
2: But. So we're going to actually really get into this sea salt caramel – Creme
4: brulee, um, <laughs> so delicious.
2: <laughs> this is what we invented: sea salt caramel creme brulee, and Chris's custard is so to die for. And we have the recipe and everything. We're gonna Chris, get back that. That, that. And was just, awesome. just, just he did.
6: Thing was the best one I've ever had. Perfect. Yeah. What, was, yeah. yeah. The I think it was. What a it's Great that, I'm idea. You, it's
5: the combination of those flavors, and it's funny because I love sea salt caramel gelato, right. and I never would have done this. I just never would have gone from the sea salt caramel gelato to sea salt caramel creme brulee. I don't know why there was just a block there until you said it. And I remember sitting across from you, going, huh "Did Faith invent this? Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, to the extent of the idea, yeah. But the uh-huh. execution, which is I, everything, I, mean, I was yeah. like, "Huh. So we." We are, I think huh. we are collaborators. <laughs> collaborators. We're, we're, collaborators. Can you
4: invent sure. some more stuff for <laughs> <laughs> Right now. He wants an entree, an appetizer,
3: Keep and then coming. that for dessert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating oh. at this restaurant all the time. I
5: know.
2: And, and, and don't forget that oh. we have the New England Fish Market cookbook coming your way. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about this because Sylvia Forges-Ryan, who is one of the best home cooks I know, and is a, a renowned haiku poet, has this recipe, three-ingredient, gluten-free banana pancakes Ooh. that disappear off the table so fast. We're going to get to that, too. Everything we have is, of course, at our website, foodschmooze.org. How do you spell schmooze? Just like school, <laughs> S-C-H. And then there's the moo of the no. cow, and that's how we do it. dot Foodschmooze.org. <laughs> oh get ready for creme brulee how to make it at home the easy way more mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the faith middleton food i hope you will make a charitable contribution to feed the hungry we're online now at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right back
7: i'm back in the saddle again out where a friend is a friend Where the longhorn cattle feed On the lowly gypsum weep Back in the saddle again Riding the range once more totin' my old 44 Where you sleep out every night And the only law is right Back in the saddle again Whoopie tie! I oh, rocking to and fro, back in the saddle again. Whoopie tie! I yeah, I go my way, back in the saddle again.
2: This is the Food Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and the Hamptons, of course. The senior producer, the woman I bow down to, is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations, as you probably know, are always online at foodschmooze.org. Talk with us on Facebook, too. Search Faith Middleton. Hey, everybody. Uh, We're going to talk creme brulee or summer pudding, which is really what it is. Here's how this happened. Chris and I were in a restaurant in Madison, Connecticut called Bar Boucher, and they served a pistachio creme brulee that was absolutely delicious. It's delicious. this charming little space, very good food. It was so delicious. And I said to Chris, why doesn't anyone, as I'm tasting, I said, why doesn't anyone put sea salt in creme brulee? And, and Chris said, you know what? Let's try it. And he, of course, did the most amazing caramel creme brulee with a sea salt crust, sea salt sugared crust. crust, And so it it was like
5: a light bulb went off when you said it, though, because one of my favorite desserts of all time, it's not even a dessert, is that gelato that is sea salt and caramel. And I can eat tubs of it, it's so good. And I never would have gone from that to the creme brulee, but as soon as you said it, it's like a light went off. And I was like, wow, it could just be just like that. So I made a caramel custard for the creme brulee.
2: And you're gonna tell us how to do that, but the recipe is posted online. The blowtorch that you need to caramelize the top (laughs) is a small, teeny thing. It's like you handling a flashlight, it's so easy and it's, it's at a home depot i'm sure among oh, other any places hardware store for $15 yeah. so it's and there's no expense to this you just put a little butane canister in it and you're good to go and it makes the same kind of crust you get in a restaurant all right chris so but simple. It, the key to this is chris's gorgeous custard oh. we have the recipe posted online It's easier than I ever realized. I've never made creme brulee, and now I'm going to do it all the time. Like I said, it's pudding.
5: (laughs) So if you made pudding, you can make this. It requires eggs, cream, sugar, and we're going to do something a little funky with the sugar to make the caramel, and um, a little bit of vanilla. And uh, that's
2: it. And so how do those things come right, together? So you
5: start with the pan on the stove with the sugar. because we're g- And this is not a normal custard. This is how we're going to make it a caramel custard. So right?
2: dry sugar in a pan. Dry
5: sugar in a pan. You can put just a couple drops of water in there just to start it. That's fine. So that on medium-high heat. And you cook that basically until it gets to caramel color. So if you know what that color is, you're looking for that. So keep an eye on it because once it starts coloring, then it goes really fast.
2: And guess what, folks? You just made caramel. You just made caramel. Okay.
5: All right. So now you're going to take the cream. You're going to take it off, off the heat, right? Just wait a minute to let it cool slightly. And then you're going to take a whisk and you're going to pour in your cream and whisk it together. Okay. Simple, right?
2: So now we have caramel cream.
5: Now you have caramel cream. And actually, that's caramel sauce. (laughs) So if you want to pour that on your ice cream, that's caramel sauce. All right. Now you're going to take your eggs. You're going to put that in a bowl. You're going to whisk it up. And then you're going to slowly pour the hot cream and caramel over the eggs while whisking. And these are egg yolks. Egg yolks, right? So you separate, yes. So I should have said that. Separate the egg yolks. It's just egg yolks. And then you whisk that in there. And there's your custard base. Then I have the creme brulee dishes. It's basically a four-ounce ramekin. And it can be flat, it can be tall, whatever you like or whatever you have. I put it in a, in a roasting pan, and then I pour my custard into the ramekins that are in this pan. I put hot water, so it's like a water bath that comes halfway up, goes in a 300— Halfway
2: up the dishes?
5: Halfway up the dishes. It goes in a 325-degree preheated oven about 25 minutes or until they're just set. And it's going to almost look like they're not done, but so just at 20 minutes, 25 minutes, start looking at them, and you'll shake them a little bit. You'll see they'll start jiggling, and when that jiggling slows, it gets to the point where it's stopping,
2: done. So you pull the pan out, you take them out, and now you've got these little ramekins or dishes of custard. And it happens to be caramel custard in this case. Okay, now here comes the exciting part. How do you put that creme brulee topping on, that crackly topping?
5: A couple tablespoons of just regular sugar. White. Sprinkle it on top I put a little extra And I sort of jiggle it And you'll see Alex you took a great it. Yeah, Alex took a great video And then you sort of Just shake the ramekin Back and forward Until it's a nice even layer If there's a little excess You just shake it off Then I take my finger And I wipe the rim So just to get it off the sugar And then you get your blowtorch
2: Okay, the blowtorch Chris got at Home Depot yeah. And it was around 15 It's a plumber's
5: torch
4: So yeah.
2: it's very easy to handle yeah. This is no big deal we have this video posted on Facebook, so Faith Middleton, Food Schmooze, and you can see how this is done.
5: So you blow torch it, and I go methodically, so start in one corner and take, then. you'll see this in the video, go yep. around in a circle. Right. And then into the middle. And then you get a little to it just starts to smoke in a little bit of black Bubbles. is OK. Remember, brulee is burnt. Right. So just a little bit. And as soon as you get to that, I have the sea salt right on the side of it, ready to go. And and then it took me two tries. The first time it wasn't quite enough. So you want to put and you'll see in the video how much uh, and, and a really nice crystallized sea salt. Uh, right. Kind it was of, like the crunchy Florida. So, cell, so. Florida cell. Yeah. So just a very nice. It's a flaky. Sea salt or a, a coarser sea salt And you just sprinkle that on top And man, oh. wait a wait about 45 seconds For it to cool and solidify it And yes. then it'll be, you could ice skate across it That yeah. was so
2: delicious Your yeah. custard, that's really it, Your custard was so wonderful But
5: it's all about, and this is, takes practice To make a perfect custard Is to pull it at the perfect time So like I said, you want to watch it And you'll even you think it's not quite set enough That's when it's perfect Let me you'll just see. tell you,
2: if you go a little too long oh, it's, and it's no a big little deal. bit thick or don't yeah, even no worry about deal. it. It's just the most delicious flavors together. Really, really fun. Thank you so much. And the recipe for that is at our site, foodschmooze.org, and the video of it is on Facebook, as we just mentioned. Okay, don't forget, coming up in our next segment, we have Mike Urban and his new book about New England fish market owners and their recipes for how to cook fish. Mm. Believe me, they cook fish a lot, Mm. so you know they have time-tested these recipes. So we're going to tempt you with all of those. Right now, you know what we need? We need a music mood bath. Um.
7: pretend it all the time and can't you see that it's just raining there ain't no need to go outside but baby you hardly even notice when i try to show you this song is meant to keep you from doing what you're supposed to. waking up too early maybe we could sleep make you banana bang
2: the weekend. We all love pancakes, and we're love all pancakes. eating... We're <laughs> just, Every weekend. I think as a group, we're all eating less and less flour and wheat. Mm-hmm. So when something's gluten-free, we pay special attention. We've got a huge gluten-free audience, uh, and we have... An award-winning poet, Sylvia Forges Ryan, who lives in Hamden, Connecticut. One of the best home cooks I know, as I mentioned. Welcome to the Food Schmooze. Thanks. It's so good to be here. Oh my gosh, it's great to have you here. Um, So, Sylvia, tell me about these banana pancakes that are
0: gluten-free. Three ingredients. Three ingredients, and they're ridiculously simple to make. They're not very high in calories. They're delicious. And you can vary them a little bit. And everybody I've given this recipe to just loves it. It's hardly even a re- I'm almost embarrassed to call it a recipe. It's so simple. <laughs> no, those it, are my favorite recipes. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it truly is just three ingredients. And it's so fast to make. And I have them, like, every other morning. Wow. These days. They're so good. So that, So, so it three tastes, it, so t- it looks like a regular pancake, but... It's more custardy, to get back to the creme brulee idea. Mm. It is very fluffy inside, but it looks just like a pancake. It only three ingredients. Three ingredients.
2: Thank you for giving us the recipe for our website. That's at foodschmooze.org. The
0: ingredients are simply this. A medium-sized banana. If it's ripe, that's great. If it isn't, it still works. No big deal. So a medium-ripe banana, two tablespoons of any kind of flour, can be regular flour, It could be any nut flour. It can be gluten-free flour. You name it. Two tablespoons. Uh Or I actually, these days, I use a soup spoon because I have more of them handy. Nothing's crucial here. So a banana, two tablespoons of any kind of flour, and one large beaten egg. And that's That's it? it? That is it. You wow. mix it together.
5: And magic happens.
0: It's truly a chemical miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you just heat a medium-sized skillet. Don't put anything in the skillet. Just get the skillet warm. No butter needed. Really? Or anything. Oh, my gosh. And then you just spoon <laughs> that batter into... Enough to make three pancakes, which and is it one it make serving. did it small
2: pancakes, you know, like those? Well,
0: what would you say they are? What's about four, four inches four inch pancakes? So yeah, if you two- take like a 10-inch nonstick skillet, wow. it will put three in there. It will just fit Sylvia, do you, have
2: you ever tried to scale up this recipe, you know, double everything, triple everything? I haven't,
0: just because I always make them for myself. And so, uh, uh, I mean, I could eat more, but the other delicious. thing about it that's great is it's really filling.
6: Do you oh. eat it you with feed? maple syrup and butter? I do. You do. Good. And I do. You could throw
0: fruit in while they're cooking I do, in the pan. But right? what I like to do is often I'll put just a handful of chopped nuts in, like oh, walnuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just a handful of chopped nuts in the batter mm. and then fry so,
5: them up. The banana is really the structure of this, it right? Is. Yeah. So yeah. you mash the banana up you with like a spoon it. or a fork, and then Absolutely. mix those things, and you're done. The egg you're holds done. it together.
4: Yeah. The egg holds it together. It's genius. Together. Yeah. It's, it's genius. It's
0: so good. I can't tell you. And it's great this time of year, of course, yes. with fresh berries or
4: blueberries. <sighs>
0: blueberries. Mm. blueberries. I've got right this. now strawberries.
4: Sylvia's pancakes. There's nothing
0: cakes. to it. And um, it I'm cook, trying Sylvia's pancakes. It cooks cakes. in about three, two minutes. You know, two minutes on one side, on the first side, till it bubbles and Okay, um, so so
2: I want to say, can I say thank you to you, because Sylvia is an award-winning haiku poet, not just awards uh, in the United States, multiple awards, but in which I consider the Olympics in Japan. For instance, she, she has won the Grand Prix Poetry Prize from the Atomic Bomb Memorial Committee in Kyoto, Japan the Blythe Award from the World Haiku Society, the Henderson Award from the Haiku Society of America. It goes on and on and on. And you have done this book, which I adored. It is called What Light There Is. And
0: tell me about this. And would you read a couple of haikus? Sure. So this is a collection of my short Japanese-form poems, And I've divided the book into six sections all around the subject kind of of light, and they cover just about everything you can imagine.
2: Would you do me a favor and read this short-form one from the book?
0: Okay. Unsettled argument. She brings in the soup, neglecting to warn him how hot it is.
4: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that perfect? (laughs)
2: Isn't that just a perfect scene? It's it's just really. It takes you there. I think I've been there. I was just going to (laughs) say, it's it's cinematic. And I think that is a quality about your poems, Sylvia, that I've noticed in the past that they're cinematic. Try another one. Again, this is from the new book, What Light There Is, and we have it posted at our website. It is available from Red
0: Moon Press. Shall I read one more on uh, food? Yeah, sure. Valentine's Chocolates. The one who loves most finds such pleasure in insisting not to like the most delicious pieces.
4: I the love key,
0: it. What What is the key to doing
2: these? The, there's such power in these short... You know, when we say somebody writes like a poet, we mean someone who has an exquisite sense of paring away. And you certainly do that, as the awards testify. But what's the key, Sylvia?
0: The key is getting rid of as many words as you possibly, possibly can while having some strong emotional memory that you want to express, I think.
6: Mm. I love
0: it. I went through
2: this book. And it's just so, I just... Like I went to potato chips. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except they do get you to pause. And so I, I read it twice. Yeah. And I love them. I really, they're just absolutely fantastic. What yeah. I love about this segment is that we had three ingredient pancakes. <laughs> yep. And here we've got <laughs> essence. Well, I think this whole thing is about essence, isn't it? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Most definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah. How about shoot one more at us? Any one you want.
0: Okay. Here's one that's sort of suits our days uh, right now ten times ten thousand terrible things in this world and still i don't want to leave it
4: beautiful yeah oh wow
0: um sylvia forges ryan
2: who is author of what light there is from Red Moon Press. You can go to them to find her book and it is available in certain bookstores but easier to go to Red Moon Press and of course we have this posted at our website foodschmooze.org along with Sylvia's incredible pancakes three ingredients and gluten free. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been my pleasure. Okay, coming up, we have the New England Seafood Market Cookbook. Lots of seafood recipes coming your way. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. And for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Party every week. And to find a terrific food, wine, cocktails, restaurants, hot topics, our short, fun streaming videos, and recipes we feature, we're always online talking with you at And We'll be right back.
7: underneath the skin Cause everybody's got a pulse. Once again I hang my head to cry Cause I can't
2: Have one more mouth-watering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about: sign up for the app called NPR1. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR1 and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchmoos. This is the Food Schmooze Party. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. You just sign up for it once at our site, and we will automatically send you our show every week so you can listen on your schedule. This is how a lot of people do it now. Also discover our delicious curated food, wine, event, cocktail recommendations. We love talking with you, all of us here, and so we want you to stop by often and say hi. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, and Mark Raymond of Frederick Wildman & Sons Wine Distributors. And uh, we have here uh, Mike Urban, who is author of this book in paperback. It's called The New England Seafood Markets Cookbook. You figure that these folks who deal with seafood all the time and cook it so much really get their recipes pretty much down. Wouldn't you say, Chris? Oh, gotcha. You have to uh, come up with all kinds of ways. And so Mike had the good idea to go around and ask them for some of their best recipes in their our markets in um, all the New England states including Connecticut so we asked Chris if he would make us the recipe for mussels in wine sauce now you don't have to write any of these down but there are certain ones we're going to talk about that are at our website for you including this mussels and wine sauce which is a recipe from City Fish Market in Weathersfield, Connecticut um, Mike we just tried this this was delicious we did regular noodles so and we I did we did gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you've had your share of these preparing the book. So, um mussels that you buy at the market or maybe get yourself and um, some shallots and garlic and white wine and butter and chopped parsley and crisp salt and pepper and and came together so easily
5: open up in seconds too i always forget when i cook mussels like you put them in the pot and basically you put the lid on them and two seconds later it seems i mean it's a little longer than that and you Uh open it up and they're all opened ready to eat Mm. and i just eat them right out of the pot i I just start eating it's Mm. like it's like it is like popcorn almost you can't just eat one you have to keep going
2: This is the kind of recipe, Mike, that I think where if you go a little heavy on one thing or another, a little light on the wine, heavy on the wine, whatever it is, more shallots than usual, you can throw (laughs) this stuff into a pot, and it's good.
1: I think, yes, you can wing it in situations like this. You can improvise somewhat, and it's great. And what I like about this recipe in particular is that it's sort of a wine-based recipe. Mm. It doesn't call for any water for Mm -hmm. the steaming. Uh, And as uh, Chris pointed out, uh, those little guys pop open quite quickly. And you reduce that that sauce, that wine sauce, down a little bit and then pour it over the top. That, I think, is (sighs) really Really just a nice, we should, oh, let's, to finish, let's do uh, another
2: one because, in the, in the same school. I think that all of us in this room love linguine and little neck oh, clams. Yep. Oh, one yep. of my all-time <laughs> favorites. If it's, if it's on the menu, I'm no pretty much going to be ordering that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, but this one is uh, from City Fish Market in Wethersfield, Connecticut. Linguine with little neck clams and Genoa salami.
4: It's a mm. great idea. C- yeah. Chris,
2: you made this for us just <laughs> yeah. before the show. Yeah. and it's so good. We, had, you know, it was fa- we didn't have any linguine, so yeah. we just used two. Oh, whatever I had. And okay. we did it both ways, um, noodles with wheat and gluten yeah,
5: and they were good. To, either one was good. Both, Both of them were. were delicious. The salami is the key to this one, I think. Right? Oh, it just yeah, brings... I,
1: it, it caught my eye when I got the recipe from City Fish House, and I thought, well, salami? What's this all about? Because yeah. it doesn't sound that New england But it gives it a real nice Mediterranean-type flavor. Most of the recipes I got from City Fish were very Mediterranean-based.
2: So this yeah. makes sense to me because we know from the Portuguese, right, Mark, that, oh, that yeah. they'd be using... Pork and chorizo, chorizo and, yeah. in there. Chorizo in, their, in uh, Spain
6: for sure. Yeah,
2: in S- in, with clams. This is a common yep. thing, and mm-hmm. so this is a substitution for that. Just using Genoa salami, kind of a quick thing. Chris, you just cut it up in little strips
5: well, and threw it, it in. Yeah, you throw it in at the end with the, just a little bit of parsley, and it just finished the dish so perfectly.
3: Yeah. Bring some uh, some
5: neat little spice. in. Yeah, it did.
2: Yeah, added
4: that right. Yeah. That well, th-
2: we're trying to give you ideas while you're listening, and so that you can try some of these at at home and just you know take a chance try it it's not hard to put on a pot of water for your pasta. you know how to do that, and then, in a skillet, Chris, you heated the olive oil, yeah. you add a little bit garlic. of fresh garlic. Yeah and uh, cooked it for a couple minutes, and then what, what went Red in? Red
5: pepper flakes, if you, know, if you like it a little hot, but you don't have to. Then your clams go in, little some nook. white wine, uh, clam broth. That's the stuff you get in a little bottle in any supermarket. And then you put the lid on and let them steam, and they open up. They take a little bit longer than mussels, but, again, so What's quick. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, poof, they're all open. Mm. It's like there you magic. Go. And, and then, if they don't open, you throw them away. Yeah, then you throw in your parsley and your uh, and your salami. And your cooked pasta, you
6: mix it all with together. With the linguine in there, oh. you just mix it off and off you go. Yeah. Oh, you could drink it. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, Chris, well, yeah. if you were going to add chernita, would you fry it with the yes,
5: garlic with the first? Yes, yes. And not only that, but I want well, to – Well,
2: med- un- if it's the uncooked kind. The curate.
5: Yes, yeah,
6: or sausage. even the cured, I think it would yeah. give it a – you know, Add flavor to it. little toasty. Well, yeah, and, I and I make the, o- oil in that the oil go orange out of it.
5: I want to add, too, I was at a stop and shop and I'm walking around – and what's your favorite brand? Palacios. 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 And I walk by and I have to take a double take. I'm in the deli section of a regular stop and shop, and there's the packages of chorizo sausage, the cured one from. Wow. And I was like, I bought two of them. They were like $9 I, a piece. Do
2: you think it's in lots of supermarkets now? I don't I hope know. Stop so. and
5: shop must be carrying it in some because, okay. and boy, that would be good in this. That's yeah. what I'm thinking yeah, yeah. too. Sure. Oh my
2: gosh. And that's P A L A C I O S, Palacios. Palacios. Yeah. So that recipe also online at foodschmooze.org. We're talking with Mike Urban, and his uh, new cookbook is called the New England Seafood Markets Cookbook. And we have information posted about the book online if you want to find out more about it. Okay, halibut, one of my favorite fish. I just Uh, think so delicious. Sometimes it's very expensive, and so you could yep. try this recipe. You could substitute something else. Again, from City Fish Market in Wethersfield, Connecticut. Mike, this is a lemon pepper grilled halibut. So we're going to get a tip from Chris on how to grill without having things stick. And, Mike, tell us about this.
1: Well, it's a, it's a lovely dish. Uh, I made it at home myself last summer. Uh, it's fantastic. Like I said, halibut is Kind of pricey, but it is a nice, thick, fleshy piece of fish. And it's. I recommend cooking it whole as opposed to in pieces. You could divide it up after you've cooked the whole filet. But the uh, little uh, lemon rinds that you rub into it, I think, make a big difference. And oh. at the time that I cooked it, uh, I left the lemon rinds on the top when I cooked it. Oh, and so it just nice. really baked in the filet. So fresh
2: nicely. lemon juice, garlic clove, the filet of halibut, olive oil, uh, some lemon peel that you mince up, and uh, salt and pepper. And this is easy because the garlic and the lemon juice go into a baking dish and you let it sit there for a while and then that garlic infuses the lemon juice Mm. and then you put the halibut in there and turn it to coat it and stick it in there when you get home from work and for about half an hour an hour and then out comes the grill Chris how do we keep it from sticking give us your tip the
5: easiest way I preheat my grill and then I take a a piece of tin foil I grab a nice rip off a nice big long piece of tin foil and then I fold it over so it's a little thicker right and then I just cut slats in it you know cut little like long strips in it and then I take that I spray it with pan spray or if you have a little squirt bottle with olive oil or whatever get it on there and then I put that on the grill i close the lid and preheat that and then all i do is take my fish and put it right on there and it makes my grill oh. a non-stick grill you're yeah, cooking on the tinfoil foil. yeah you yeah. cook it on the tinfoil oh, but if your grates are hot enough you'll see the marks will come through and the holes if there's uh, any juice or fat or, or oil that drips through will smoke and it it's just uh, like cooking right on the grill, except it makes your grill stick Yeah, I just saw your segment trip. on the
1: uh, Food Schmooze website where you yeah. did that. I thought yeah. that was a fantastic Simple. idea. It's a great way because it is a real struggle. It is a challenge to you know grill fish properly and you know, get it so it doesn't stick. Yeah, know.
2: Until I watched yeah. Chris doing this video, my my fish uh, I will stick sometimes. And I think I'm putting enough oil on the grill. And so this that really was a terrific video. It, it's up there at foodschmooze.org.
6: Is there a cheaper time to, to buy halibut?
1: Like is it seasonal and you can get it so it's time to eat it? Summertime is when most of these fish are running and when they're, they're pulling them in. So,
5: yeah, it's, it's, it's now. It actually starts early summer, so a few weeks ago we saw the prices go down. And they'll stay down. I mean, it's not down a lot, so it doesn't go to really cheap. Um, but it's a little cheaper now until midsummer, maybe even
1: sometimes into the, you know, August sometimes, depending on the run. There are differences. There are also Pacific halibut, Atlantic halibut, so, mm-hmm. you know, we could just shop around. Unless uh, it if
2: it seems too expensive or you're having a kind of a crowd, yeah. what could we substitute that would work? I like flounder.
0: Anything. I don't know why.
2: I love
4: flounder. I love do.
5: flounder, and it's local. It's right. It, it's not overfished. It's always around, and it's. You I get spent it all here. weekend fishing yeah. for flounder.
6: Sure. didn't right? catch one.
4: Who's going to bring it in for you? Yeah. Me.
6: yeah.
1: <laughs> But halibut is it is a rather big fleshy yeah, fish. Yeah, I mean no. I might I might recommend uh, cod or haddock, something that's mm-hmm. a little thicker and fleshier. It is difficult to grill, but yeah. if you use Chris's tried and true mm-hmm. method, you know, you're not going to have a problem with that falling apart on you.
2: Mike, you went to a place called R&D Seafood. This is in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And I know exactly where this is. And they have this recipe. So this is an idea for you. You Listen to this combination of ingredients. It's how to take a piece of tuna, a steak, and infuse it with flavors. This is your tuna steaks with a hoisin ginger marinade. Now, you can buy that marinade in a bottle. And so if you want, you could just put the fish fillet in a plastic bag and just pour it in there and let it sit for a while. Or you could do what these folks did right at the market. Let me say how this comes together. Sesame oil, soy sauce, sherry wine, hoisin sauce, salt and pepper, fresh garlic, fresh ginger, and the tuna steaks themselves.
1: Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, it's sort of a classic, you know, Asian-infused uh, uh, type of, of, of marinade, right there, you know, homemade. And like you say, you can do it. Uh, it's close to some of the things you might find in bottles that would approximate the same thing. But it doesn't sound that complicated. It's something you can mix up, mix up right at home, and uh, it's all that much better.
2: Chris, when you're doing tuna, many people like to. Mark, you. I think you're one of these people who likes to have the tuna on the rarer mm-hmm. side. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the medium category. Yeah. So, like Chris, with a marinade, yeah. is it going to cook faster? Yes,
5: a little bit. Yeah. So, keep an eye on it. If you like it on the rare side, it just needs a thirty seconds, forty-five seconds for me on each side. Yeah. <laughs> but if you like it a little more, a minute or two, and you get want a little gray yeah. seer it's on very the easy
1: to dry out tuna. Yeah. It's very easy. You got to be yeah. careful. Got to watch it very closely. Yeah. And,
2: and you want to throw that marinade away because it's had yes. raw fish Charms in it. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Since we're on the subject of seafood markets, with Mike Urban, his book, The New England Seafood Markets Cookbook, recipes posted, information about his book at fuchmoose.org. Alex, you've been hanging out at a place. I know you and Matt sail around in your boat all the time, and you've been eating a lot. Where?
6: So at Ford's Lobster in Noank, Connecticut. And we met chris who owns it um he has a fuel dock and we'd fuel up our sailboat there and then he started a little restaurant and you actually eat on the docks so they have a kitchen that moves outside oh that's awesome and we used to buy our lobsters there as well because he has the tanks so he does like a lobster risotto that's just dripping with <laughs> lobster i mean i want to go he does a lobster, oh. like a lobster um pasta that's dripping lobster and lobster rolls and it's just he's so abundant with lobster because he's a lobster fisherman and it's byob so we get to go we bring a nice bottle of white wine and people actually bring in cocktail mixers and you know make martinis
4: oh my gosh
6: you have to go early i was gonna say no reservations no reservation so people there's you know are lining up to get in it's like going back in time you're back, um you know everything is just has that Yankee sort of old school feel to it if you're you're lucky, you see Chris running by and they used to actually have boats coming up to fuel. <laughs> While you're having dinner, you know, and somebody's <laughs> running from this, go fill up this sailboat. Hold on, I'll be right back. I gotta go. Get yeah.
4: gas.
1: Well, for those of you who are familiar with uh, Abbott's Lobster in the Rough, this is just up the road from there, uh, cool. about a, maybe a quarter of a mile or so, and it's uh, becoming a, a hot alternative to Abbott's, which is more a dine-in-the-rough kind of place, just straight-up lobster uh, and uh, lobster rolls and things like that. But I've uh, Ford's, I'm hearing great things about it.
6: They do a pretty good cheeseburger too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we you have to lobster
4: <laughs> option. <laughs> (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, that's fun. Um, Hey, since we're doing restaurants, Mark Raymond, you told me about a place because I love empanadas. Yeah. This is is a dough that is wrapped around a stuffing of some kind. It could be chicken and chorizo and whatever. And your place that you found where the woman really does the real thing?
3: Yeah. She's from Argentina, and it's called My Argentine Cuisine. And it's actually right on Main Street in Middletown, Connecticut. Cool. And it's a small little place, but she does all the Argentine pastries as well. Oh my goodness. You go there for these empanadas and she makes them. She's got them made ahead of time. She'll have corn, she'll have beef, she'll have chicken. Sometimes she'll have a combination. You mean combination. The, dough,
2: the dough is made ahead of time?
3: No, everything, the, everything she's pre-made, you know, a certain amount and then she keeps them in the refrigerator. So she bakes them to order for you. Oh. So you walk in, you say, oh, "I'll have a, you know, 6 of these or 2 of these." So you can get them for lunch or you can get, get a bigger order to take Home for a little gathering wow. that you might have, and oh, they are just off the hook. They're delicious. my Argentine, my Argentine cuisine,
2: cuisine Middletown, on Main, Main, Main Street. Street. Does
3: she have Malbec? She what? does not have a liquor license <laughs> oh, yet, she but needs I work. think she's getting. She makes matambre too, which for for those people who don't know, that's like a stuffed. It's like a flank steak that they slice really, really thin, and they put vegetables and herbs, and they roll it up, and then they grill it, and then oh. they slice it almost like a cold cut. It's absolutely outstanding. She's got so much there. You have matambre. to go check it out, matambre.
2: Matambre. matambre. I like the
3: oh, way you that that's great.
2: <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time online at foodschmooz.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.